0: From the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. We
1: made it to the end of the workday. Head on down to Silver 7's. Grab a cold one on the way home. You'll probably find Adam Hill there. Adam Candy with him. Ari at the Finley Toyota Studios. No idea why I'm talking in these short-clipped phrases. but I like it. I decided to stick with it, because it became a little thing. Uh, Why not? That that was good enough. Let's do the Big Five.
0: Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents
1: the Big Five at Five, number five. Oh, I know many of you are listening in the car, and maybe you're even on I-15 driving past the Death Star right now. The big Roomba off the strip, Allegiant Stadium. Only a couple of weeks until Monday Night Football. Ravens, Raiders, open the big thing up for the first time for real. Where are you going to park the car? That's always been a problem (laughs) when it comes to Allegiant Stadium. We knew right from the jump that parking was going to be a miniature or larger disaster. Um, But it was always thought, especially back in the days when, uh, when Billy Walters was still in a federal prison that maybe Bally High, the golf course across from Mandalay Bay, would be a great spot to tear up the golf course and make a giant parking lot. And it did not happen for a variety of reasons. Uh, That doesn't mean Bally High won't be a place to park. And uh, Adam, I got this press release today. I I just, I love the tone. I I just, it felt like a little tweaking tone in the Bally High press release. While the Raiders' Allegiant Stadium is considered one of the most impressive stadiums ever built, parking and leaving games has become a headache for fans. The famed Valley High Golf Club has a solution to the traffic nightmare and is offering an exclusive premier parking opportunity and a pre-party. I looked it up. They are charging $50 to park the car on the other side of I-15 for Game 1 against the Ravens. how bad has it been, Adam, getting in now the stadium, and how bad do you think it will be on Monday, September thirteenth?
2: Well, I, I need to be completely fair about this. Is that I've been to a bunch of events. Um, I have not had any issues yet. Uh, that's also because I'm going very early and leaving very late. Um, so I I can't you know I can't speak for others uh, who have said that they have had problems. I'm not you know, diminishing uh, those. I'm not disputing those. I'm sure they're absolutely true because there's problems getting in and out of pretty much every stadium in the world. Uh, so I'm sure that they're there. But it's been great for me. It's been fine for me. Um, like I said, I I also know. Well, for so for Monday Night Football, game at, what, 520? I know to go to the game by, like, one.
1: Because it's your job. Sure. And so you will be arriving for your job. Other people who have, you know, real jobs are going to be getting there, what, 430, oh. uh, 445, as if it's not bad enough on 15 in that spot at that point in the first place. Uh, I, I really enjoyed I, I – got to give you one more quote. I, I really enjoyed this quote. The CEO of Paradigm Golf Gro- Group, uh, Joe Dalstrom, said, We've received great feedback from guests that have parked at Valley High for games and events at Allegiant Stadium compared to the horror stories experienced at the parking lots on the west side <laughs> of I-15. I- I'm just trying to imagine how different this would look if this was like an official Raiders partnership as opposed oh. to, oh no, 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 we're clearly the alternative. Yeah.
2: we doing our own thing. <laughs> we are doing
1: very much our own thing, uh, <laughs> obviously those negotiations, which by the way, uh, I covered extensively a few years back when this was first starting. Uh, were going down between representatives of Billy Walters, who was still uh, behind bars at that point and the Raiders, uh, obviously did not go anywhere but there you go, 50 bucks, you want to park on the other side and see if it's any better than trying to park on uh, the, the but, actual can, stadium can side
2: I, let me reiterate this again uh, <laughs> just for people, again <laughs> because I said this on the air and I don't know that people listened um, or just thought I was being an idiot that's fine i have i have explained to several friends the best way to get in and out of events of what i think and i think it's going to get only better just like it did with the golden knights right that first year it was a complete disaster like the first 10 games and then people started figuring out figuring out their own way like oh if i go this way and then this way i can park at this spot and you know it's a little bit better and and it it worked out and people figured out the traffic patterns and everything else I, i will say listen Parking is going to be expensive. If you're parking at the Allegiant Stadium, you're going to pay a lot of money. We just said, what, across the across the freeway, it's $50. Most of the lots on the, on the side of the stadium are $60 to $100. I know some businesses are opening you know, their businesses, and like they have like six, seven spots, and they're trying to get people to park there, maybe a little bit less, and that's fine. But you're going to pay a lot to park. Just know that before you go there. Or get a ride, get dropped off, take Uber, one of those things. But if you're going to park down there, you're going to pay a lot. I will say if you get one of the lots say around the hotels what south of russell um south of the stadium south of russell west of valley view there's a bunch of lots back there again they're expensive but if you approach there from the south either up decatur up valley view up dean martin and come in that way like there really hasn't been issues and i've told all of my friends that go to do that and everybody said wow that's great that works well so, like, th- that's what I'm saying is, like, there are different there are solutions. There's ways to figure this out. Everybody just communicate, you know, be be, be asking people that have gone already, hey, which way did you go? Uh, some other way might work for other people. Uh, but there are ways to get there where it's not as, you know, aggravating and frustrating.
1: Number four. The frustration, the aggravation of being a Buffalo Bills fan. Um, This is This is going To just make me mad to even talk about This team Has one of the best rosters In the National Football League The Buffalo Bills Are going to be a contender In the AFC if They can figure out how to get Out of each other's way In training camp Um, Good luck This day brought us fines for Isaiah McKenzie, for Cole Beasley from the NFL for violating mask protocol. Not even talking about the vaccine right now. We talking about practice. (laughs) Practice, not a game. Practice. 93% of NFL players are vaccinated. 200 are not. You can probably guess that Cole Beasley is the, uh, the player representative for that group that is unvaccinated in the nfl they went pretty public with those fines today uh on social media does it feel like the bills are going to find ways to implode from within the locker room to really screw this up
2: god i hope so
1: i know i i I mean i knew i was teeing (laughs) you up right there but there you go
2: I, i nothing makes me happier than the bills imploding stories uh they're fantastic Uh, not just because you know we on this show said it was going to happen and predicted that would happen uh but just because it's so hilarious because their fans are just the worst people on earth uh yeah i this is i think now listen they could start winning and everybody forgets about it and nothing happens and they're fine it's possible but like the writing is on the wall for this to completely ruin what could be a good season it's it's been it's been on the wall for a long time now we're seeing it now guys are being sent home they're not able to practice. but they have six guys that can't practice right now. Uh, we're go- I think we're going to see this throughout the year. Because, again, like, it's not- if, you're- if you're vaccinated, the rules are a lot different. And this is not about whether you're vaccinated or not. It's not you know, the, the, the health aspect of it or not. This is just purely a competitive argument that other teams that have close contacts don't have to send their guys home. They can continue to practice. But if you're not vaccinated, you've got to go home every single time. So every time you're around somebody that has it, if you're not vaccinated, you're sent home. This could happen four, five, six, seven times this year for these players.
1: If I am the Buffalo Bills, tomorrow I'm calling the Vikings and I am offering Cole Beasley. I don't know, I'm going to shoot too high and say Adam Thielen, but I'm offering (laughs) Cole Beasley to the Vikings. Because Cole Beasley and Kirk Cousins can be in their little plexiglass cage together, and they're safe from all of the uh, the vaccine truthers, the ones they don't want to hear from. Don't you think that would be great? Like, get them together? Maybe with 200 NFL players, you could make one or two teams of yeah. the the anti-vax people.
2: That's what we hear. 93% vaccinated, so 200 unvaccinated players is mm-hmm. the... That doesn't seem right. Uh, no, yeah, the
1: numbers didn't seem right, but that's what yeah. I read earlier, so I'm so, just re- repeating it. That's probably too many. I
2: guess the NFL, in the st- including staff, is 93%, but 200 players are not vaccinated.
1: That's probably the accurate uh, yeah. 93% overall. 99% of coaches and staff, though. Uh, and the incidence of COVID cases that they have had from the Delta variant, which has made up almost all of the 68 that they've reported since training camp started, those are at a rate of incidence seven times higher among the unvaccinated than among the vaccinated. Again, we are not breaking new ground. We are not telling you things you do not know. We are just telling you that there are competitive advantages to this that some teams, like the Buffalo Bills, do not seem inclined yeah. to take advantage of.
2: Yeah, Titans are having issues right now. And again, the, I love the reaction of some people that you hear numbers and you just want to you want to like make it back up your side no matter what the number is. And when that came out today, and that there's been absolutely vaccinated players that have caught COVID, the response from you know one group of people was, "See, you can still get it." And and from the other side, they said, "Well, seven times more likely if you are unvaccinated," and that and the numbers bear that out. Seven times more unvaxed players have caught it than unvax, excuse me, than vaccinated. And so, really, what this says, the stats that came out from the NFL today are not only are the are the protocols in place but the numbers back up the fact that the vaccine works if the vaccine didn't work it would probably be about 50 50 right not seven times more likely if you're unvaccinated the numbers that came out from the nfl today very much back up the fact that the vaccine works
1: number three covid last year wiped out an entire quarterback room kenzel hinton yes Kendall Hinton, in case you forgot, started a game at quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Um, and the Denver Broncos responded to seeing not only that debacle, but an entire season of Drew Locke and Brett Rippin and the rest by getting Teddy Bridgewater. And they have decided to take one of what I think is the better rosters overall in the NFL and put Teddy Bridgewater as the starting quarterback of that team. Uh, Drew Locke, unsurprisingly, not thrilled with it, uh, but was pretty candid in talking about how he felt.
3: Yeah, you know, that does. Because, you know, when I was in there and we were talking, you know, I obviously you obviously ask, you know, what could I have done different? You know, what do I need to keep working on? And, you know, though it, it was extremely close. It was the timing deal. And, you know, as nice as that is to hear it was that close, it's still, you know, it's still tough because um, – You know, you you work at it, you want it so bad, and then it ends up not going in your favor. But you won't see me out here. You know, I was thinking about, like, do I come out and, you know, smile around here be my normal self? Because, all right, then they're going to think, you know, shoot, he doesn't care about not having a starting job. But, no, that's – I'm going to be myself every day. I'm out here. I'm going to get better. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to bring energy to this practice, bring energy to this team, um, and just, you know, keep being myself.
1: I appreciate how candid he was. I appreciate the fact that he was honest about knowing that if he just put a smiley happy face on, he's going to get killed. Of course. He's going to get absolutely killed. And the thing is, Adam, I don't know what you think. You said earlier about being a a PFF devotee, so I think you're coming from the same perspective that I do on this. Either try to win with Drew Locke, take the chance, or fail spectacularly and be in a position (laughs) to get a quarterback. Because this, to me, feels like a Vic Fangio decision. This feels like the head coach of the Broncos going out and saying, I'm a defensive coach. Give me the quarterback who turns the ball over the least. But the problem is, he makes less plays. Drew Locke had one of the biggest, uh, highest big-time throw percentages last year in the NFL, but that's because he tries a lot and misses a lot. Also, there's just a wide range of outcomes.
2: I mean... Yes, range of outcomes is, is a is a phrase that I love. Um, like to me, with Teddy Bridgewater starting, you're somewhere from eight to ten wins. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna beat yourself. You're probably not gonna have a terrible season. You're probably gonna be right around five hundred. Like you're somewhere between eight to ten. With Drew Locke, I think you're somewhere between like five and thirteen. Like you could win five games with Drew Locke, or you could win like twelve or thirteen. And there's a huge range of possible outcomes that you have with him. And that's, what, that's kind of what you're referring to. Uh, your range might be different, but, I mean, that's that's what you're dealing with. And either you you roll the dice and gamble and say, all right, we're going with Drew Locke. He might win big for us and take us to the playoffs, and he might completely fall apart and take us nowhere. But then at the end of the year, at least you know what you're doing next year. Either Drew Locke did an unbelievable job, and you're keeping him, and he's your franchise quarterback, and you're moving forward, or you're kind of restarting. Because if you start Teddy Bridgewater this year, again, I think Teddy Bridgewater should start if you want to win a couple more games. I think he's probably the better choice right now. <sighs> no, that's probably not even true. I'm not – I understand why you're going Teddy Bridgewater. Like, he's not going to kill you in coaches like that. But what what does it tell you at the end of the year? I mean, that's that's a key question, right? Teddy Bridgewater goes 10-7. and 7 say is a good year. He's 10-7. Are you running it back with Teddy Bridgewater? Like, probably not, but maybe you're like, "Ah, I don't know. I don't know where we are. So it it becomes very convoluted at the end of the year what you're going to do and it's not likely that Teddy Bridgewater is taking you to like an AFC championship game. So what are you hoping for from this season with Teddy Bridgewater? That's the question.
1: Number two. Love a good underdog story, Adam. Loved watching this one as a movie, I know you're a Cobra Kai watcher. Um, but you sent along a story today that absolutely horrified me no, not the Ron Jeremy story that horrified <laughs> me for legitimate reasons. Um, they're gonna turn karate Kid into a Broadway musical. but you're, you're I will
2: gosh say, darn
1: right there the old I will say this the one thing they got right is that it's not actually debuting on Broadway. Yeah. It's debuting in St. Louis. So if there's ever <laughs> what felt like the right choice with a terrible decision, the right choice is, let's try it out in St. Louis before we send it to actual Broadway. Adam, you asked us, would you go see this? And my answer is, hell no. And oh, I man. like Broadway shows. I would love going to the Smith Center. But come on. I am not ruining my, vi- my visions of Daniel LaRusso with this.
2: First of all, who's playing Mr. Miyagi? That's my first question.
1: Pat Narita is dead, so that is an important question. And will will the replacement for Mr. Miyagi be able to sing? Which scenes are we we replacing with song? Oh, all of
2: them. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm not a musical fan. Uh, I will totally see this, and I can't wait. And I want to see who plays Mr. Miyagi and sings through his you know two word bits of advice throughout the, the entire movie. Uh, how do you turn that into song? I really want to know. Uh, I'm in for all of this. Now you're wrong as much as I love this, you're wrong that St. Louis is the right place to debut this. Uh, you can't go right to Broadway obviously. Uh, this feels very Biloxi Mississippi.
1: <laughs> Brantford, Missouri <laughs> come on down. yeah uh,
2: this feels maybe on a riverboat.
1: <laughs> sure. You know, yeah, like a cruise showroom sounds about right to me for where we should debut this thing. I'm trying to imagine, like, Daniel being very mad and dancing his way through wax on, wax off. Like, I'm thinking this could be the name of a number.
2: Oh, stomping his
1: feet? Oh. Uh, get, oh, yeah. Forget it. We, go, we move on. No, I can't do this thing. <laughs> get
2: him a body bag! Yeah!
0: Number
1: one. Oh, who's who's playing God. Johnny? That was painful. That was painful. I can't wait. Uh, Okay. All right. Underdog stories. We continue the theme. Uh, The Athletic ranked all 130 college football teams in FBS. Oh, no. Adam. uh, (laughs) UNLV is ranked number 123 out of 130. They are last in the Mountain West. Do you have any arguments with this ranking? No. (laughs) That was sheepish. I want to you want to fight it but you can't
2: listen i mean i i feel like they've done a better job recruiting i feel like they've upgraded uh their size and and talent on the line i feel like they're you know getting better players and and i feel like you know it could come together at some point but if you're going to be ranking teams they're coming off a season when they just got blown out every game and their win total this year is one and a half so the expectations aren't any higher how could you rank them any higher They haven't done anything to show it.
1: You can't. You can't rank them any higher. And uh, maybe, maybe, if we knew who the starting quarterback would be for this team, (laughs) we could at least set some expectations. Uh, When is Marcus Arroyo going to tell us about that? I'm not quite sure. Uh, We'll discuss that in a moment. One more time, let's open up those phone lines and get you a chance for a little bit of fun. Saturday, September 4th. If you did not get the tickets to the Vegas Kickoff Classic, BYU versus Arizona, stay tuned because there are more coming this week. But it's not the only option in town. Out at the M, at the Pavilion, Everclear will be performing on Saturday, September the 4th. Uh, get, a little, get a little Santa Monica, get a little father of mine. Everclear coming on down. Call right now, caller number 11. Ari is going to give you tickets to the concert. Ari might even go with you.
0: It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Not
4: being cocky, not being arrogant. No, I know that I would've been a better player in football than I, than I was wow. in basketball. And, and, and that's not disrespecting basketball guys. That's not disrespecting the game. That's done so much for me. I mean, I'm a household name. I'm a Hall of Famer in that sport. But football was my first
0: love. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company.
1: Newsflash. Famous athlete, believes he would also be good at other sports. That's Allen Iverson talking about playing football. Cofield and company that, here that was on always Thursday afternoon. That was
2: always the word, though, that Iverson is better at football than basketball.
1: Okay. Well, then he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer in football for sure, then. For sure. Uh, uh, can,
2: I, can I also point out, just going back a little bit, and I, I, I thank one of our Twitter users, but also uh, I thought this was true, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot and be wrong. Your trade to the Vikings isn't going to work. What? Yeah, Adam Thielen also unfast.
1: <sighs> <laughs> Just tried to go white receiver for white receiver and I didn't know. realize what the the trap that I was walking into there. Yeah. Well, we we, we know that uh, we know that locally we're trying to get ready for not only. NFL, Raiders football, but UNLV football as well, as we mentioned. And uh, I just wanted to run this by you, Adam, because we talked a little bit about UNLV being ranked in the bottom seven of the country by The Athletic coming into uh, this week. Uh, Marcus Arroyo still has not named a starting quarterback for week one is that against important? Eastern Washington. Well, I mean, it is one of the 11 positions on the field. Okay, <laughs> um, They might have multiple players do it like they did last year when three quarterbacks played in game one. Uh, is it gonna be Doug Broomfield? Is it gonna be Justin Rogers? Is it gonna be Tate Martell? Um, we don't know. Mike Grimala from the Las Vegas Sun reporting that not only do we not know what, uh, what Marcus Arroyo is gonna do, he said no one has really presented themselves yet, uh, but UNLV has not made any of those three players available to the media for the entirety of fall camp, which is closing. Um, I thought we were done with this secretive Marcus Arroyo crap after last year, but apparently we're going to do it again. Um, should I just assume that since we can't talk to the quarterbacks, since we don't get to really see them, and since we don't have a starting one, should I just assume they all suck?
2: No. Okay, no, I, I don't I'm don't just
1: curious so. because I don't know what they want us to think.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Need, well, it'd be nice to be able to watch practice. You know, mm. I mean, that'd be good. That'd mm. be helpful. Uh, mm. Might get people more interested in games maybe you know what maybe. you don't know really interest me <laughs> well I guess I was gonna say like if you actually get to see things and talk about them it's helpful. Uh, it's also I mean I guess you're going for the old like hey you, you can't see this unless you watch the game. <laughs> I guess you're going for that uh, I
1: don't, I don't Oh <laughs> no we don't want Eastern Washington an FCS team. We don't want Eastern Washington to know who our starting quarterback is going to be. What if Eastern Washington can prep for any of our three starting quarterbacks? Got the crap. Just name a starting quarterback already. Yeah. You're this close to the season. You know who's starting. Don't do this. We'll talk to Charles Arbuckle <laughs> about things that are more interesting in college football, maybe even teams that you can watch, quarterbacks you can talk to in just a moment here on Cofield & Company.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. <laughs>
3: You no, know, hoping and looking forward to being able to lead this team, but you know, no finger pointing. You know, look in the mirror, see what I need to get better at, figure out what it is to uh, keep progressing. Yeah, it was disappointing, but gonna do everything I can for this team, for Teddy, and uh, you know, keep the momentum going
0: forward as far as my play goes. Now back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company.
1: Cofield on the road, Candy and Hill, Silver 7s, Ari back at the Finley Toyota Studios and out on the phone lines, Charles Arbuckle, former Colts tight end, former UCLA tight end, you can find him all over the place now, talking football right here with us here on Cofield and Company. Buck, how's it going, man?
4: Man, it's good. How are you guys doing?
1: We are we are just trying to keep cool here uh, in Las Vegas uh, it is it's another it is another scorcher uh, here in Vegas um, you know we,
4: we can spent, I tell you a quick can I tell you a quick story about if you would the hot
1: yeah like so I
4: grew up in Texas and it you know it, the humidity in North Carolina right now is um, you know kind of high and South Carolina as well I travel between both states but I can remember when people say well when you go out west, the dry heat is not bad. We played Arizona one year, my senior year, and they beat the brakes off of us. And it was like 120 on the field. I, I don't know if I've ever been that hot. because I, I mean, it's that kind where your lips are trapped. Your, I mean, you, your eyes get dry, and it, it's nothing you can do. I, I, I agree with you. When it's hot like that, uh, the dry heat, I don't care what people say, it is not comfortable. I'd rather a little humidity because once the wind starts blowing, you feel a, at least a little bit better.
2: <laughs> well, well, let me get your thoughts on this because, I, you know, I'm at practice every day with the Raiders and I'm watching and I'm burning up. It's uncomfortable. It's miserable watching practice because it's so hot. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, these dudes are in full pads going through drills and hitting each other. Could you imagine practicing this every day?
4: Well, yeah, I, I can imagine it because I used to do it. <laughs> No, no, not this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, look. I'm going to tell you now. I don't know how New Orleans, they do it in, down in Louisiana, but we were fortunate my rookie year to go out to La Crosse, Wisconsin. Okay. One of the best places to practice in preseason. But when we went to New Orleans after those six or eight weeks of Jim Moore beat the crap out of us, <laughs> we'd go down to New Orleans, and good Lord Almighty, I thought the devil himself was under the shade tree. I mean, it was so it was so hot, dude. I don't know how we did it. And, and Ironhead Hayward, God rest his soul, he's probably up there telling God, you know, what to do and how to do it. But Head was like, fuck, how the hell are we here? Why are we in New Orleans right now burning our butts off? I would say ass, but sure. he was like more descriptive. And I said, you know, Head, I don't know, but I agree with you and it was just so hot that you 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 wanted to take your clothes off but then you liked them to be on cuz you had sweat on them
1: it was unbearable <laughs> Well, I guess that's one thing you wouldn't have to worry about uh, here here in Vegas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, <laughs> Buck, let's, get, let's get a little bit of news uh, of the day with you. Pac-12 announces it's not going to expand. I mean, it's a story we've heard before. Uh, we thought maybe that, uh, you know, with the new alliance that Pac-12 would be more interested in doing that. You obviously have uh, the experience having played in that conference. Uh, what you think of the news here today about the future for the pac
4: Seinfeld episode number, whatever it is, since they've canceled. I mean, guys, we already knew they weren't going to expand, right? They said that a few weeks ago. I get what they're trying to do and stay relevant, but I really think it's, it's another way for them to you know, stay on the, in the forefront. But we knew they weren't going to expand. And I, I think the biggest thing is this alliance is what's interesting and what we, we're really looking at to see what that means, because I'm, I'm intrigued by a Clemson versus a Washington matchup. You know what I mean? Some of these things that we've never seen in life, we'll get a chance to see North Carolina playing UCLA. That'd be kind of cool, the baby blue versus the baby blue. Uh, but this whole thing about we're not going to expand, guys, we already knew that. That's not new. Uh, and I, I think it's a way for these conferences to really band together to make sure that they're in in line with this autonomy that they're eventually going to go to in the 12-team playoff or, you know, 18, whatever it's going to be, to make sure they're relevant. I think the biggest thing is how does UCLA play against LSU, which I'm going to be, hopefully, if they're allowing fans, I'm going to be there. You know, we're going back for Coach Donahue's Memorial, rest his soul, uh, in a few weeks. Uh, you know how is you know Washington going to compete when they're outside the conference? How is Oregon going to go go and play against Ohio State? There's a lot of Pac-12 teams that are going to play outside the conference. How are they going to perform? This all all this other rhetoric, I don't really pay attention to because I know I knew they weren't going to expand. I knew they weren't going to do anything. The Big 12 is kind of on an island. Uh, are they going to be? You know, like the old show that we used to watch, Survivor. Are they going to be able to, to maintain and live in this new regime and new world? But I think the big thing is how is the Pac-12 going to compete on the football field consistently this year when they play out of conferences, the most important thing? I think it's really critical this year because, you know, I'm fortunate enough to work for different, different conferences over the last few years. I'll do a few ESPN games this year. And I think, you know, since they control the bounty, how is the Pac-12 going to be? And that, that makes it better, I think, uh, uh, for everybody. If they're not good, then the SEC said, look, we told you guys, it doesn't matter what you do. We're, we're going to take Texas and Oklahoma, and we're going to bring them over here to the SEC, and you guys do whatever you're going to do. We're going to take the best of the best, and we're going to compete against each other on Survivor Island over here.
2: So, Buck, it is it is important that they perform well and that they play well and, and that we see those results on the field. But will we? I mean, that, that's the question. Do we have a chance of seeing the Pac-12 compete at that level this
4: year? You know, I, I think so. I, I, I think it will be because you know USC is is, is due to have a come up, and Washington I think will be better this year. I think Oregon is on the on the rise. UCLA is one of those teams that if defensively they can play well, and the good thing for UCLA, they play Hawaii earlier, and then they have LSU. I think they'll compete well against LSU. I just don't know how well their defense will hold up. You know, Jerry Azenaro, uh, as much as Chip is loyal to him, is he going to be able to do the things with the personnel to match up against an LSU, which is going to be rugged in the, in the run game? quarterback-wise, you know, they've lost their quarterback to a fishing injury, you know, broke his arm. So that may give UCLA a chance. I don't know how well LSU's offensive line. I've watched a lot of film on LSU because i got to get ready for them week two. So the next week after when they play McNeese. So I'm curious if UCLA can give them some problems because they struggle against, you know, teams that bring blitz pressure. Now they can score, and Boutte can catch the ball in any position, they can run the football, but will they be able to match up against UCLA? Because UCLA is going to bring it from a lot of angles. But the problem with UCLA on the back end, they put their guys in bad situations running a lot of one on one. So all of those things, you don't know until you see the games. You know, we can talk about it in preseason, but until we know what, what, what people have, that's, that's interesting. The bottom line is you got to play competitive and you have to win some of these games. You have to go on the road and compete. In in hostile environments. And if they can, then that makes the conference more relevant. If they don't, we'll be talking about the PAC 12 again, as the, the quasi fifth power five conference.
1: Charles Arbuckle joined us here on Cofield and company talking college football, uh, staying with UCLA and kind of going back to our local connection here with Dorian Thompson Robinson from Bishop Gorman high school. Who's going into his final year here with UCLA. Um, I don't know that it's been the growth he's expected. I don't know if it's been the growth that Chip Kelly has expected, yet we know, we've seen it, that this kid has a world of talent. Uh, What do you expect out of him at the helm of the Bruins' offense this year?
4: I'm hearing that he's he's really locked in and he's ready to play, and it's always easy, easy to say that before you actually have live competition. The thing with DTR, if he just stays out of his own way and gets the ball to those weapons that they have, they'll score points. You know, they have a really good tight end crew with Dolce and uh, Martinez. And if they can use those guys, I don't know. outside The outside weapons are okay. A great running back crew. And that offensive line is going to be good. The big thing with DTR, if he just stays away from those third downs where he drops back for 15 yards and throws the ball into trouble, he's okay. And I also think, too, if he'll just run, get down, don't get – you know, live to see another day or check down where he needs to. And that's what I'm hearing that he's doing this year, which is unlike the last few years. I, I like the kid a lot. I think he's, you know, very talented. Uh, I think now, you know, it's funny, Dana Bible, who's no longer there, told me a funny story. He was just saying, you know, and I've known Dana for years. He was at N.T. State, had Russell Wilson and Mike Lennon. I had a lot of great quarterbacks. He said, I this kid. Indeed. As good as any of those guys, but he just hasn't played a lot of quarterback, as you guys know from him being in high school there. Really, only played like, what the senior year. He said he did not know how to do the quarterback sneak because they didn't do it as Rich Corman when he was there as a as a, a senior starter. So that that to me is one of those things of maturation. Has he, has he matured enough? And does he understand? hey, look, let's live to see another day. Let's not try to do everything because he's so ultra-talented. And I think sometimes that gets him in trouble. But what I'm, from what I'm hearing, that he's really locked in this year and that he's really ready to play. And I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him because when he is on, man, there's nobody better uh, out West. And I think that's, that's the thing that Tip is relying on, and I think that's what UCLA wants to see from him. And, you know, that, that's the thing. When he gets hot, man, he can go 10 for 10, right? Yep. And I want to see that from him consistently. And the good thing for UCLA, in his regard, is they play Hawaii first. Gives him a chance to play against a defense that's going to bring a lot of pressure with Ty Graham. You know LSU is going to do that. They're going to play a lot of uh, one-on-one on the outside. They have Stingley and Bricks on both sides. I think BTR is set up for a big year. And I just hope he he lets the game come to him and he doesn't try to uh, do too much because if he does this this could be a pretty good year for UCLA. Uh
2: Pac twelve a four team race with Oregon, Washington, USC, Arizona State or somebody else sneaks in?
4: I'm worried about Arizona State terms, everything that's going on out there. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I mean I really think Arizona State was in position before all of the, the things that were happening. And I agree with you. I think Washington, the team that I'm keeping an eye on is Washington because you know, Jimmy Lake is calling out his receivers. In Washington, i never heard a UW team not having guys on the outside that can make plays. And I think that's going to change with the freshmen that they have. They've got a great uh, tight end in and k Um, You know, I, I really think Washington is a team we need to pay attention to. But I do think USC is one of the – it's time for USC to make a, make a run. It's funny. Their fans don't want to see, you know, see that happen because they want a new coach. But I think USC is in position to to make that run this year. So I don't know if it's going to be Arizona State. It will be another team that makes a run. And I'll tell you guys, don't sleep on Colorado. I mean, you know, um, you know, I, I I think that team could be one of those that we will see like last year give a lot of people trouble, and not only trouble but compete because I know Carl having. Been with Carl Durrell, knowing some of the guys on the staff. They're going to play really competitive. If UCLA doesn't step up out of the out of the South, it will either be Colorado and don't sleep on Utah. Utah is just physical. Um, they always know how to knock you in the mouth. And if you don't, if, and now that they close that stadium off, you know that 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 group there is always competitive. And if you play a night game at Colorado at Utah. You better, you better watch out because their fan section really knows how to get after you.
1: Find them on Twitter at CharlesRBuckleBuck. We appreciate the time as always, man. Stay cool out there, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, yeah, man. Have a good one. Thank you. Grab bag on the other side here on Cofield & Company
0: the cofield and company crew is back tonight at nine o'clock it's the law and sporter podcast with justin watkins from battle Born injury lawyers cofield and company presents grab bag
2: don't touch it don't even look at it
0: only on espn
1: las vegas, vegas. stick
0: your hand in there Dave.
1: Wrapping it up from Silver 7s in the Finley Toyota Studios. Adam Hill, Adam Candy in the grab bag. And uh, Adam, only in only in our version of the show, and really, let's be honest, only in my version of the show, uh, does Ronaldo to Man City end up in the grab bag as opposed to somewhere in the first three hours of the show. <laughs> uh, but uh, y- y- you want to do that soccer? Let's do that soccer.
2: Well, I mean, I just think... It- Listen, there's so many layers as a soccer story to this. But, I mean, just ignoring that, it's the rich getting richer in every sport. It's, you know, the the best teams getting, getting the best players and, uh, you know, making it so that, you know, fans of other teams are like, oh, they're getting that guy? Wonderful. I mean, I think people can relate to that uh, in terms of American sports, even if they're not soccer fans. Like, this is preposterous. Like, it's It's the Dodgers now adding, you know, who i don't know mike trout is going to the dodgers now Like okay wonderful oh you want otani too okay cool
1: stick your hand in there Dave. your pacing got me there adam hill sorry nothing to
2: apologize for i was picking up on yours from earlier it was that's true that's
1: true you know what i have to take i have to take full responsibility drew Locke said he has to look in the mirror and ask himself what he can do better that's what I have to do because I started the whole clipped talking thing, and then all of a sudden uh, caught on. And I wasn't ready for it. Um, speaking of clipped, uh, Adam, it, it appears it appears one Kanye West is planning on clipping who? more than a few letters. Yeah, who? I, it's not official yet. It's not official True. yet, so I can still call him that. True. But uh, Kanye, no more.
2: Well, he's he's applied as you, as you suggested to to change his name officially Here's- here's my issue. Uh, First of all, changing your name is just- it's so silly. I guess you have to do it for certain reasons on forms and things like- whatever. I, I- I get it. Just call yourself what you want to call yourself. You don't need to formally change it. And here's the weird thing though. Like, if you're- if- okay, we have names that you don't really change, and Ari doesn't either. Um, but if your name is, you know, William People can call you Bill or Billy or Willie or, like, whatever they want. Like, you can have the shortened version of your name as your name. You don't have to formally change it. Although Kanye feels like, you know what, I need to formally change my name to Ye. Like, no, everybody calls you Ye anyway.
1: Oh, how proud is Ari of himself right now? <laughs> wow. Go, go ahead. Go no, fire it again, Ari. Fire it again. Second. <laughs>
2: And that is horrific that's that I mean, okay.
3: that's what's the first thing i thought of <laughs> okay. it's absurd
2: yeah <laughs> Stick your hand in there Dave.
1: uh the baby from nirvana is a moron uh, i don't
2: know this is smart
1: get he some wants- cash all right so the little baby that appeared on the cover of nirvana's first album At the eight, all right, fine. Thirty seconds, Ari. We only have thirty seconds to talk about this. He's suing everybody to try to make money for sexual exploitation. Well, good luck, good luck collecting from Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I I heard he's the kind of little stiffy at this point.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh boy. Yay!
1: Yay! (laughs) I'm not doing it. Yeah, you are. You did it in the first place. Yay! Yay!